well, well, well. Welcome back to Pop Apologist. I'm your host, Lauren, with Chandler, my co-host. Hi. Hello. Good morning. And we are joined. We are joined by the one and only Courtney Grow. We cajoled, we coerced, we used some subtle psychological um, hostility. The only way we were going to get Courtney Grow on the podcast is if we were stuck in one hotel room with her and we literally forced her to come on the pod. So thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. I feel like it wasn't that hard to get me on here, right? I think in all fairness to you, you're just very busy with your four children and your business. And so if we can get an annual appearance, our box is checked. Our tank is filled, in the words of Vicky Gumbelson. I'll even say our cup runneth over to have you on this morning. Well, you know what else runneth over? The garbage in our bathroom. <laughs> because there's no room service here. We're kind of, we're not really on top of each other. Thankfully, there's like full separate rooms for us. But it's been a lot of close proximity for eight days straight. Yes, a little too close for comfort. But as I was saying, not uh, not really actually, because um, originally, originally Chandler and I were going to have our own room and then we ended up sharing because it was going to be cheaper significantly for us. And it's been so fun. It's actually been more fun to all be together, even if it's a little cramped, I think, um, than it is to like separate and to go to separate rooms. Yeah, Lauren and I are used to sharing a bed. I used to climb into Lauren's bed when I was little because I would get scared at night. So I've actually loved sharing your bed yet again, Lauren. Obviously, we have an interesting dynamic as sisters. And there's like different areas with which like I have crossover with Lauren and different areas with which I have crossover with Chandler. But I do need to point out that Chandler and I are the only people who prioritize having a clean hotel room. And so Chandler and I come home and we are like hostile until we get this room clean. And Lauren, we're like, I honest, I swear, this is exactly how it happened yesterday. I said, okay, everybody, let's do a 10 minute cleanup. And just a very passive aggressive yet sweet voice. And all of a sudden Lauren's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Incorrect. These bitches had been using the shower for 20 minutes each self tanning. Okay. And I've been dying to shave my legs prickly as a cactus dying to get my calves shaved. And anyway, um, so yeah, once they were finally out of the shower, they had a communal activity that we all needed to engage in and that's not going to work. Okay. I needed to get some smooth legs and I'm sorry that you've decided that now is the time to clean. Okay. Sorry. Interrupting right here. Lauren has a real problem with glassware. There are cups and lotion everywhere. Like it's honestly it's a hazard and when she stays at my house at least two or three cups go missing it, it really is there's something about like the fact that she's like I'm gonna go for a new water glass but doesn't take the seven glasses with an inch of water in them back to the sink I'm gonna hit everyone with some numbers right now in my purview or whatever in, in the landscape I'm looking at there's no less than three glasses that Lauren has touched and there's one by the side of your bed there's one by the side of your bed there's at least two probably behind that cushion that from yeah. yesterday and a week before. Oh and in the fridge right now, there's about eight empty coffee, half empty coffees. Who's to blame? I'm passionate about hydration. And yes, I don't skimp on cups. Sue me. Cups and lotion. That would be the name of Lauren's autobiography, Cups and Lotion. Listen, I have, a, I have intense moisture needs, but no one came to this podcast episode today. Unless you want, do you want to troll me for this some more? Do you want to tell the story? I think I think I'm done. No, no, no. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I just want to ask you one question. Did you clean your the bathroom yesterday, which was your share, fair share of the no, cleaning? We had to get room service, maid service. Well, I'm not going to do a scrub, but I did tidy. That's 
that was how I got around the COVID rules because honestly, it was like, I mean, we're on a beach vacation. Like we're not dirty people, but your body just comes back with a certain level of grime when you've been applying sunscreen and walking through sand. So I finally called the hotel yesterday. I'm like, could you deliver some cleaning products for me so I could clean this bathroom that my sister Lauren should actually be cleaning? And they're like, oh, we'll send someone, which was such a godsend to us to have just a bathroom clean. I mean, you can't have six people sharing a bathroom for seven days without really needing one toilet, one toilet, y'all. Okay, I'm sorry, but what would I, let's say I did do like a cleaning, a proper cleaning service. What am I going to use? You're just by far the messiest person of this group. It's not like filth, but it is like it, you just have a way of like, you'll have like two things by the door, two things in front of the sink, two things under the table, three things under the dresser, all your shiz spread around your suitcase. You're just a messy person. And like the fact that Chandler and I love you in spite of it just speaks to how big and generous and buttery and soft and warm we are my other toxic trait is not only my messy but then when you bring it up i get real bitchy <laughs> we love you in spite of it so great um okay well no one came to this podcast to hear about my qualities corny they actually came because we had a lot of questions for you particularly first and foremost though people are interested in knowing how our current trip is going so beyond the you know, the domestic tribulations inside room 2231 at the Marriott Colina. What else has been going on, you guys? Do we have any Hollywood story? <laughs> Hawaii stories? Well, I almost got divorced. Within the span of 24 hours, I left Wyatt's wallet. Well, first of all, I'm coming off of having just recently lost Wyatt's wallet. He just barely replaced all of his stuff because I lost his wallet and we spent like three weeks looking for it. And it never turned up. So we went to the movies here on Thanksgiving and White gave me his wallet to buy treats. And I ended up leaving his wallet just like at the movie theater. And obviously like you wake up at like 4 a.m. here and we realize we don't have his wallet. And so we like can't even call the movie theater for hours. And so before we've even called the movie theater to see if his wallet can is, has been located, I proceed to leave my purse at the place we go to get acai bowls with his phone in it. So at one point in time, we were sitting outside the movie theater waiting for it to open. He has no phone and no wallet. And he's just looking at me. Oh, he oh he sends a text with Chandler, Lauren, me, and Wyatt are on a text thread in the morning. And I think that morning we sent like Wyatt to get our coffee. And we were like talking about the missing wallet. And he's, what did he say? He was like, hold on, Chandler, what did he say? He said you have, quote, the opposite of the Midas touch when in that everything you touch turns to shit. (laughs) Yes. And this was one of those also uh, profound moments, toxic moments where Courtney uh, did not take that in humor and was irritated with him for that comment. What did he say? He was like, we might have needed to wait until after you've had your coffee to make that joke. Here's the thing. It hurts because it's true. Here's my theory on why you lose so many things. I think your look is like always kind of like effortless. Like I just kind of like put this outfit together. Like it's just like very easy for me to, not that you just put this outfit together, but your look is very effortless in that it's just like, I've got this great dress on a great sweater, but you don't really uh, dress for utility in any way. So you're constantly just like clutching all of your items rather than, or they're in some sort of like um, obtuse abstract, like art looking like bag that doesn't really hold anything well. And so I think that's why you're constantly losing things is because you're honest. You just clutch your goods. You don't really ever carry them. You just clutch them. You have like 
zero concern I think for like like um your children in terms of like (laughs) in terms of like oh I'm bringing snacks and I'm packing a big tote or anything like that like Courtney's look is literally like no no this it's it's a look that has nothing to do with spawn yeah I do get a lot of requests for like diaper bag pics and I'm like oh my honestly and on more than one occasion Wyatt and I have bought diapers off people next to us like this makes me look so bad but I do think in Utah you always have your car very close to you so I do have like my car typically fully stocked but it's just it is not a strong suit for me that is one of my toxic traits is I just I can't all I have are some like strange some strange shaped cold Gaia bags I don't have like one solid handbag that I carry around and so most of the time though I'm just carrying my keys or a bag that's like circular and will fall off the table I do have to admit I am the only like identifying things I have I have one credit card and my passport like I don't carry a wallet I don't own a wallet because to me owning a wallet would mean I lost everything at once like I have to just be able to like take one of my cards take why it's like pray I hold on to it or else it would literally all disappear together um yeah this is a woman who doesn't schlep anything um I don't think Courtney's had a working license like I just asked you randomly on this trip do you have a working license have you had one in the last six months a working driver's license yeah I don't drive with an expired license like all of my stuff is actually current thanks to Wyatt but I I rarely carry a license. I got pulled over the other day. I had no license, no registration, no insurance paperwork on me. And I was like, I think I might go to jail. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, of course, I think it was somewhere in my email. These days, like everything is digital, but I couldn't produce any of it. I, I must, he must have really taken pity on me because I looked like garbage and I was in a robe and he I don't even want to say on the airwaves it, I wasn't doing what I no. it was 7 a it was I mean it was 9 a.m I'd just taken my kids to school I think he wasn't really he said I like like went into his lane a little bit which was so far from the truth like I could admit when I was like if I was like changing the podcast or doing anything like that like I was literally like at 10 and 2 going straight and so when he pulled me over I had like zero anxiety you know sometimes you know you've been doing something wrong he pulled me over and I was like this could be about a tail light like I have no idea what he's talking about so I think he was like uh, reasonably, yeah, he just wanted to chat. Wow. Anyways. Okay. Let's move on from these uh, banal stories of Courtney getting pulled. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So any other Hawaii tales we want to get into? Lauren and I have gotten into no less than one to two fights a day, usually around bedtime hours. We went over that on the Patreon. Um, you can subscribe if you want to learn more. Courtney. Let's get into questions for you since we so rarely have you on the pod. Give the people what they are looking for. Um, okay, what is the biggest thing that you struggle with in your marriage? <laughs> I just told you guys, honestly, like that's our, okay. I would say the fact that I cannot keep anything straight and obviously like why it is not a fan of my shopping. Okay, so someone asked, you are friends with the one and only Angie Harrington. And you do have some adjacencies to the housewives. Someone asked, have you ever considered going on housewives or have you ever been approached? Approached? I don't, I wouldn't say I've been approached. I got a few emails and some text messages of people wanting me to, or people from whatever the, ca- the what is it called? The production company? Evolution. Yeah. Or Shed Media wanting me to interview. 
And honestly, I, I just don't feel like it's right for my life right now. I even my Instagram account, truthfully, I wake up every morning thinking like I should just stop doing this. Like I don't actually want to be a person who people recognize or know. I'm actually very private. I'm just not a person who's like very comfortable exposing like myself in any way. Like I from what I've noticed as you've gained like, you know, some notoriety is that I think when people say that they recognize you or that they know you, I think you don't lean into that. Like I don't think it's something that you like crave not or enjoy. Yeah, you're not like when you I don't like honestly sometimes when Lauren and I hear that we're like we kind of love it. Oh yeah. Like makes our day. Yeah. We, we, we're, you know, maybe wired that way, but I think you kind of like, you tend to go to a place of like, I'm slightly embarrassed or like, Oh no. Like, you know, I just think that you're just not someone who like enjoys that at all. I also think it's different though, because like we put out a podcast that's like mainly about our personality. And I feel like with your Instagram, it's mainly, it's, there's definitely personality, but it's also like looks and stuff. And that's, and maybe there's a part of you that's like, that feels like I'm not totally this this person that's like on my account. Like I'm also like very down to earth and like a mom and like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think one of my hardest parts with running this account is that I'm like part of this like extremely hated profession that like people won't even actually consider a profession even though I like have to run it like a job. So part of the whole nature of being like, an influencer I, I hate that word is just it's it's engaging in something that people ridicule and are very comfortable being mean about and so I can understand but the thing is is it is a job it is a profession and I think that people just really don't understand that um and truthfully like people are so kind like I really haven't like thank goodness been the target of like much hate obviously there was that like ppp girl who was like pretty cruel but like I'm actually like quite sensitive and so like I just don't I don't think that it's like it's hard because I really want to be real on my Instagram account but I also don't have like time or necessarily like the interest in like giving everyone like every part of my day or my life and so I like to keep it like about fashion like about the things that I enjoy and then I also feel a little bit guilty that I'm not showing like the full extent of my reality I just show the highlights right Right, same and I I think that when it comes to housewives like I think that for you they would require you or I think there would be a pressure to show up like in head-to-toe labels like very outspoken brazen like and I just feel like that's not like the current housewives cast aside from Angie and maybe like a few others a lot of them aren't your vibe and and aren't your aesthetic and I just feel like I don't know where you would even fit into that you know recipe that's exactly how I feel so when they messaged me initially I was like yeah I'll just like it'd, it'd be fun to get like a screen test like to know what that experience is like but the more I thought about it I realized that I'm like competitive enough to where if I like went down that road at all I was going to want them to pick me. And then I like thought about that and why it was like, hell no. Why it was like, never. He was like, you can't even write back. He was like, I would never do it. I don't support this. Why it did. And like that bugged me at first because I was like, well, you can't tell me what to do. I definitely am going to interview now. But then I like kind of sat on it for a minute. And I was like, it. I am just a person who hates conflict and I don't actually want any sort of fame on any level. 
Well, and I think that one of like the truest luxuries now that we're all like semi personalities or like in some way public, us having a podcast, you obviously having your Instagram account. And now I think one of the truest luxuries is just to be like a privately successful person that is like way under the radar. And so it's like having to sacrifice your anonymity in order to go on that show, I feel like just probably isn't worth it. For me, yes. And I want to say publicly that there is no one more ready to take on like the negatives that come with being a housewife than Angie. Like Angie is a person so perfectly suited for this, who is so naturally entertaining and has such a naturally exciting and interesting life that like I've talked to her about this and I'm like, Angie, this is just, you are perfect for this. I am not. And I don't think Angie's perfect for this because she's like dramatic or tacky in some of the way that the other housewives are. Like she is like the most perfectly aspirational person who's also kind to her core and generous, but like lives and dresses in a way that like makes everyone interested in her. Yeah. I think that well, when it comes to Angie, Angie is the type of person who's who truly lives like the life that they're looking to film, right? She's not one of these people that's going to have to fake it or put on airs. Like the, her authentic reality is like extremely heightened and, you know, aesthetically extremely captivating. Um, and so she has this kind of luxury where she's not going to have to be like a, a Jen Shaw where, you know, she's going to go off to rent a house she doesn't even live in to to attract shed media or whatever it is. Like she actually is already living that life. And I think that with that comes like a, a stability and security. So she doesn't have to put on airs. And and also with Angie, she's so um, she's so entertaining naturally because she is like an actress and she has that outgo- outgoing, like very playful personality. And so I think that that does make her like perfect entertainment. Yeah, she's like l- completely life of the party, like the person you want to sit next to at a dinner because like you will have the most fun part of the conversation if you're sitting next to her, which is what makes her perfect for the show. And yeah, we can't wait. And I also think that you, Courtney, are not con- you're not confrontational. And I don't see you ever wanting to like spearhead any sort of drama or conversation. And like, I'm, I'm actually, I think much more confrontational than you and I would be comfortable doing that. And so I think that part of your personality wouldn't fit with it at all. Chandler, I have definitely talked about how you're the most confrontational. Not, you're not the most, I wouldn't even say you're like a high confrontation person. You are the most comfortable with people being upset with you. Like if people, people, I guess the thing people are like most not most critical but I do get like a lot of just like oh this is so expensive and not that I'm like I I think I that what bugs me is I post so much H&M I post so many things that are actually extremely reasonable that I am just kind of like are you actually following me because so much of what I post is affordable um but I think that like that like any sort of um critique of me like really bothers me and like, I just don't like criticism like I don't know who does and I don't think Lauren really cares when someone disagrees with her yeah I think you are just yeah you're way more comfortable with that type of feeling far more than Courtney and I are I mean I feel like I am that reductress headline that's like I don't care if anyone hates me I just need a list of who and why <laughs> like that is my personality where I'm like I I maybe try to present it's just like I don't care but like I actually will spend days like you know devolving and spiraling you know if somebody has like ill will for me which I don't think anybody does hopefully not I don't know um this podcast will bring them out but yeah I uh I I completely agree and I just I don't that's even why I feel like less comfortable 
talking to the camera. Like it honestly, like that sensitivity makes me afraid to sometimes be like pretty open and like just just more me on this podcast because I, you know, I'm just a, a slightly more of an afraid person in that way, sadly. I feel like if I found out someone hated me, I feel exactly like Chan. Like it would just like, even if it was like a person I went to high school with, I'd just be like, why? Like, what did I do? And I feel like Lauren just like, yeah, I hated them too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really care as much. I think, um, I think I'm very confident in my, I'm very confident in who I am, in my body. And no, some would say overconfident. Jeez, you're just as bad as Emrata. I am not. No, no. I'm, that was just a joke. Um, no, I, I think I know who I am, you know, and I don't apologize. Oh <laughs> you're just like, anyways, Lauren is, is more comfortable in that uh, place of discomfort. And I'm, you know, I am proud of you for that. But sometimes I also maybe wish that Lauren was less comfortable in the place of discomfort. Yeah, I do think that I'm just more of a contrarian. And I've always been that way. Like, even as a kid, I was a contrarian. Do we want to talk about Mormonism? Oh, she passes the mic to me. I was just going to let you guys respond to see if we want to talk about that. I feel like it's always such a hot topic and hot question Obviously, I live in a very predominantly Mormon area, and I am not a practicing Mormon. I have like so much love and respect, and so much of our family, Wyatt's family, Wyatt's parents are Mormon. Our parents are, my parents are Mormon. Obviously, Chandler and Lauren's parents are the same people, so they're Mormon. Um, and it's just something that I don't really like to get into because I feel like I don't want to influence anybody in a religious sphere. Like, I'll tell you to buy some mock and mock crystallized shoes but when it comes to like people's personal religious choices like I'm actually not interested in being influential at all it's just something that I felt like at the end of the day like I am not Mormon like I believe different things than what the church teaches about who is living like a righteous lifestyle church is such a complicated topic for most people and I think that there are a lot of very progressive Mormons who can like take the church and take away like all the good and leave all the things that they like don't agree with and I just have a really hard time with that like I would rather forge my own path based in like a hundred percent truth for me personally than like I think like work really hard to make the church work for me I love so many people that are LDS and I know that like Wyatt and I not going to church is like heartbreaking for them on some level Wyatt served a mission in LA and I think Wyatt's feelings are definitely different than mine about the church so I'm not I don't want to speak for him but I think you and I like the three of us were raised in such a black and white household that like I just I couldn't become a gray person about it overnight and I just want to like the other day, like James, like asked me a question about God and it was actually quite liberating for me to say to her, I don't know. Yeah. And like, there was something about being told that like all the answers were there for us with Mormonism that actually never sat well for me. And I think I like value that feeling when like James asked me a question about religion and I say like, you get to decide for you, like what makes you happy or who you think God is like what you believe happens to us after we die and like I it just like it gave me like parental chills to just have the like the opportunity to like tell my daughter like I don't know the answers 
this thing that was like so incredibly structured and there was always one answer there's always a right answer and a wrong answer and so like obviously that must have been like very cathartic um to like be the parent and like have and like dwell in this space of ambiguity um and be comfortable with ambiguity yeah I think that's like one of the main reasons why the church didn't work for me was a lot of their like policies on like the LGBTQ and the idea that like gender is so firmly set for people I think I am one of those people who really can't unhear all the things that like I ended up discovering about the church's history which you know maybe I'm gonna have you edit this out like it even saying this like makes me feel like it's like a little bit of a betrayal to like our parents and like the people that I love but for me I think and honestly maybe I will speak for Wyatt for a second I think Wyatt did come from like a more religiously accommodating family uh, atmosphere than we did and so he really thinks the church helped him become who he is and I just don't think I actually want to give it that much credit. Is that terrible? I'll just jump in here and say that I think the church is a church of absolutes. Like it's absolutely correct. It's absolutely um, black and white. It's the one true church. It has all of the truth. And so for me, this is Chandler speaking. Like when some of those truths are actually completely false, um, not all of them, but a lot of the ones, a lot of the truths that I was told as a, as a child um, turned out to be false. Like the whole thing just dissolved for me. And, and that's just because the church that I grew up with was absolute. And so it no longer became a situation where I could just pick and choose because it was all absolute in in my opinion and, and, and from my perspective. So like, I think that's what makes it really hard is that some people have a more like, you know, like free flowing, just like take the good, leave what you don't believe. And that just like, wasn't the experience that I think most of us had growing up. I also think that's an experience that then your particular parents have to facilitate. And so you have to have parents who are willing to essentially interpret and like translate the church experience as much as possible into something that accommodates different worldviews and less of a, you know, true false binary. And so I guess that to me as an adult, it's something that you'd have to consistently wrestle with if you wanted to approach it in that way. Yeah. Wyatt came from a family where like they would go to church and he would come home and he says his dad would be like, Wyatt, what did you think about what brother so-and-so set up there? Like, do you think that's true? And that's just so different from the family we came from. And like our parents are incredible people, but I think so much of our test, you know, they, they call it a testimony so much of our childhood testimony was kind of for me based around like if you do this bad things won't happen to you and if you like follow the prophet and you keep the commandments like you will live like a more happy peaceful life and you know and and really where things got complicated for me is when Wyatt and I were trying to have kids and we like found out that that was going to be like very difficult for us like Wyatt had to have two surgeries to even be able to have kids it just kind of like, and, and like, I don't know how much people know about Wyatt on this podcast, probably very little, but like, am I wrong in saying like, if anybody should have been able to have kids easily, it was Wyatt. Like, I mean, if anyone is going to, if anyone's like a celestial kingdom person, it's Wyatt. Like literally very few faults, if any. Yeah. He just has like, honestly, like the type of disposition and attitude and personality and like even athletic ability, like everything about Wyatt was like, 
is praiseworthy. Like he just has no, he's never even, he's like, what's the article of faith? Like if there's anything noble or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. And that's literally like that, that article of faith is about Wyatt. Wyatt is just like, I mean, this doesn't need to be, we don't need to say much more, many more positive things about Wyatt. We've said enough, but he, I just like when he couldn't have kids, it just kind of, my whole world fell apart. And I just remember like thinking like, maybe like, I don't want to believe in a God who's in control of this. Like maybe I actually don't want to think that God did this to Wyatt Mm -hmm. or God's in control of everything that happens down here. And maybe what is really beautiful about life is the fact that like God is hands off and that just didn't really sit and like reconcile with like everything that I'd been taught about. Like how if you like don't go to the store on Sunday, like you won't get in a car accident or if you're like paying your tithing, you, you know, like won't get... I mean, burned in a fire. Like I just, it, it has created a lot of problems for me as an adult that like have, that I, I don't want to blame my anxiety on, but I have a lot of physical anxiety about being, I mean, this is getting heavy, but I, I feel like I have like the type of anxiety where I'm like very worried. The other shoe is like always going to drop. And like why it always says he's, I think it's actually Wyatt's dad who says like, there's no limit to the amount of good things that can happen to you. And I think growing up religious made me, didn't give me those, didn't, didn't instill that in me. It kind of made me feel like the other shoe is always about to drop if you're not living perfectly. Yeah. I think that like, I think that religion made us feel like God was constantly throwing hurdles our way to tr- to test us. And so, and, and that constant testing is, was always just the other shoe dropping and just hopefully that, you know, hoping that we were going to like behave well. It was just like bad things happen to good people all the time and you just have to be faithful no matter what. And like that has given, you know, I'll speak for myself, like me and a total, the other shoe's going to drop doom brain, you know, a thousand percent. It's funny. I think it's, you know, that um, meme of the guy like looking at all the charts and it's always like there, I don't know, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, yes, I feel like, I feel like on some level, that's the, that was the thought process I had when I was like, you know, when I was religious as a kid was like, okay, I have to think this way and I have to do this and and then this will happen. And there's importance to every behavior and every thought and everything you do has ramifications. And I think that there's just such a relief that happens once you realize that like, oh, like this thought popped in my brain. It's an unsavory thought. And it's just because I'm a human being who, you know, has random thoughts and I don't have to attach goodness or badness to it. I can just let it go, you know, and move on. And I feel like you just honestly can, you exit for me what felt like a mental prison. And it is a joy to like give that gift to my children. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have you guys read East of Eden Mm -hmm. like East of Eden is my number one favorite book of all time and I just feel like and it's interesting because there's a lot of religious um there's just a lot of religious undertones to that book and it kind of has some like allegories from the bible but it just is a beautiful thing to like teach your children that like they are good and I think Mormonism you grow up with like the natural man as an enemy to God and that's just was truly very toxic for me it just kind of made me hate like parts of myself and like fight against them in a way that really has created anxiety for me long term well and I also think it makes you think negative things about other people like it makes you think okay all all men outside the church are like cheaters and like you know they're 
addicted to porn or like it makes you think it's a very us versus them mentality and it makes you afraid of of so much I think and I think that that's also one of the big things that you realize is like oh wait this is actually not the case whatsoever and there's all sorts of people in this world some benign some bad those you know that same breath exists inside and outside the church and there really isn't that divide as much as they kind of make it seem like there is yeah I feel like one quote that has always stuck with me is that people are better than the worst thing they've ever done and I just like kind of like to go by that when I look at other people I'm just like I don't want to be looked at as like a person who is represented by the worst things I've done and sometimes I think like a religious atmosphere like makes you feel like you are a toxic person who's like trying to like let the light shine through instead of just like a great person who occasionally does the wrong thing it's funny I was um and I, you know, this is kind of getting into it, but I was reading Amber Phillips tick. I was watching her TikTok yes last night, and there were comments about like, um, like tiered heavens, and like how it's kind of discriminatory. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I don't believe in that. I'm not teaching my kids that." And it's just such an interesting, like, the idea that there's like tiered heavens to me. It's such like it's so opposite what like a benevolent, compassionate, empathetic. God who like you know knew every human soul would in any way be interested in or who had created every human soul and then was just like well I created some of you better than others and that was always predetermined basically or you didn't live up to like it's just it's it's so toxic the idea like and not just like heaven versus hell like literal tears like three levels of heaven the best the second to best and just like the somewhat good you know like it's just it's it's crazy. Like humans are just not, I don't know. I just don't think it, it, yeah, it's really dark. I just want to say too, that I'm sure there's like people listening to this that like can really understand maybe like a more generous spirit of this three tiers. And like, they'll say like, Oh, well people just will end up more where they're comfortable. And I like had this conversation a few weekends ago with some friends and I, and I believe, and I'm happy for those people. And I think that like, that's, fabulous to me like that works for them but I think it's hard to rely on people like being raised by parents who like show them like a very generous spirit with all these hardline principles like you can't like you can't rely on people having like phenomenally empathetic parents teaching this doctrine like a lot of the times you're going to have parents who just say it the way you read it and don't explain all this nuance that helps children feel a lot better about themselves. Well, because ultimately the nuance is a layer of interpretation that's entirely subjective and and not inherent in like in the primary source. And so ultimately, like, yeah, most parents don't because most parents that are, I think, teaching their kids this don't feel that way, you know. Um, but anyway, should we? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, let's go on to more lighter subjects. Let's go to another another type of religion that of consumption and shopping which one we all are you know avid disciples of um courtney someone wants to know when do i splurge and when do i save what are what are the principles philosophy around that well i can really only speak to myself and i think actually lauren you and i are different i think chandler and i are a little bit more on the same page about what we think is like splurge worthy i think what i typically wear is like loud enough 
as is that like if I was to put on like a designer bag like I just become a character and so I really always like to have that like push and pull of just like is it high end or isn't it and I I mean I'm much more likely to buy like a high end cashmere sweater than a, a Chanel purse when I do splurge which is frequent I will say like especially now that this is like my job and I have like campaigns and I have to like you know buy things for pictures for my job I do think I've tried to like make like a Venn diagram about this like I think things that feel high quality that feel unique and also thrill you Mm -hmm. are where it's worth splurging on like I am so obsessed with my mock and mock heels and they are a trend. Like, I don't see myself being, like, obsessed with them in five to ten years. But they light me on fire. And when you put on a pair of those, like, crystally, like, gorgeous shoes, I feel like it changes, like, your whole mood. It changes the whole vibe. They're also very well made and very unique feeling. Like, to me, that's, like, way more special than a, like – I don't know, than like a Chanel black crossbody, which I would never say no to, but it just kind of has, it like imbues more personality in my wardrobe than like a bag that everyone knows is pretty. And I like to be polarizing. Like I actually, like whenever I, you know, what's so funny. I put up these polls like from time to time and almost everything I put up, people are like, no, please don't buy that. But like for me, like, I just like that. I like that like dichotomy of like some people love this and some people hate that. Like, hate this like that is where I thrive like if I come downstairs and like why it is like wow like that you like those it like kind of like lights my fire especially if Lauren's like hmm (laughs) well I think also I'm just engaged to someone who hates loud clothing and so I think for me like and I know you shouldn't dress like change the way you dress for a guy or whatever but ultimately like it's annoying to invest in clothes and have like annoyed comments about my clothing you know it's like a double negative because I'm already spending a lot and then I don't feel like it's appreciated or liked and I do feel like I just yeah I like and I I think that has impacted me and I do I'm I am starting to like a much more minimal vibe in terms of clothing and then like dressing up that clothing with a great bag or with some great jewelry but um but yeah, we all have different styles. And honestly, like sometimes I try to not watch watch what you're doing on Instagram because like ultimately I like I would like to have my own vibe apart, like distinct from you. Just because I don't necessarily want to be like, oh, look, like she's just copying exactly what her sister does. You know, maybe that's like my ego or whatever. But I think it's cool to have like our own vibes. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, to- that totally makes sense. I mean, I think that I'm just a product of Courtney's hand-me-down. So for the most part, so like, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to separate like, what is my style and what do I splurge on versus like, what is just, you know, what Courtney will like give to me at a heavily discounted rate or sometimes not discounted at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you guys have said basically everything about splurging versus spending. I mean, I'm, I splurge on my rent and that's about it these days. Someone asked like our roles as sisters, like what role we each play in the family. Um, so Chan, take it away. Okay. So I'll just say that um, I'll just start with Courtney. I'll describe Courtney's role. Courtney is the, is definitely the more maternal, um, like bene- not benefactor. She's like, she provides the experiences. What, what's the word for that? Uh yeah, she's like the she's like the plan the facilitator. Courtney's the facilitator. She's the one who she as a as she hosts and she subsidizes. So it's like, you know, if 
if we need, if we want to come stay with her, we're always welcome. Like she always has the space and the generosity to like make the experiences together, like work, um, which is really wonderful. And you know, like I've definitely like throughout my college years benefited heavily from her, you know, providing of experiences. And I think Lauren is, is like the fun. She, Lauren is like the spice, like, <laughs> and Lauren's like, wait, what do you mean? Okay. Well, you asked me to describe you. I don't know. I didn't have like a huge soliloquy prepared. Here you go. Someone else can describe. Okay. I think that Courtney is like the, has on some level is now the co-matriarch of our family and like really is like the locus of our family, like the center. Like she has, you know, birthed the nieces and nephews and she like has this beautiful home environment and Courtney really like brings everyone together. She plans things. She's like, you know, there's always an upcoming trip or event that Courtney's spearheading. So I think what Chandler's trying to say is that Courtney's really like the glue of her family. Like she keeps everything together and Courtney is really kind of where we all convene and she is also the tastemaker for sure and like like not just the tastemaker in terms of clothing but the tastemaker in terms of like oh my gosh I have this amazing monkey bread we're gonna make at Christmas I have this amazing recipe I'm gonna try I'm gonna put together this effortless like gorgeous meal so Courtney is also like the flavor and the organization I think what Chandler's saying when it comes to fun I'll just is that like yeah I bring a level of like of of lightheartedness and honestly like maybe like even like edginess like I'll say things around our parents that are edgier than anyone else will say I will like make jokes about inappropriate things I will like play on the floor with my nieces and nephews so I bring a level of like chaotic spice and energy and Chandler like I just don't feel like you can ever like say enough nice things about Chandler like Chandler is like in some level like a bridge Chandler's like a bridge to everyone Chandler everyone in the family feels like Chandler's their best friend and so, like, it's just very, like, Chandler's the easiest to have around. She's the most accommodating. She's, like, the most willing to just, like, run to the store if you need her to buy something. Like, Lauren and I are both a little bit just, like, we're just a little more stubborn than Chandler. And so it's, like, Chandler is, like, the the emotional facilitator, I think, for everyone, which is probably a little bit exhausting. And I know it, like, gets old. But she's also an exhausting personality in the way that she needs to have everything planned out. She will ask you what the plan is for tomorrow 1,000 times. And if you don't have an exact plan for her, she will ask you in five minutes if things have changed. And you do know now what the plan for tomorrow is. But, um, yeah, I don't think we need to get in. We'll keep it about the three of us. But the three of us do have a really uh, um, fun dynamic. I think that if anyone will be fighting, it's me and Courtney. And that's... You think that don't you think if if anyone's fighting it's, it's you. the two of you? Oh, oh well, yeah. Okay, if anyone's fighting, it's with me. So it's either me and Chandler or me and Courtney. Lauren's the locust of the fights. <laughs> I guess that's Lauren come. Lauren is the bridge to discontentment. Because <laughs> that comes back to the contrarian. Um, yeah. So I think that so the role Chandler can like. Courtney and I very rarely fight, maybe once a year, probably less than that at this point. Um, it's been a long time since I feel like we've had a fight, don't you think? Yeah. Um, maybe like two years. But, you know, when that did happen, 
Courtney and I are also the most stubborn. So it might be something that's stupid, but gets dragged out for three weeks because like neither of us are ready to come to the mat. So Chandler is going to be the emotional facilitator and, you know, mediator. Right. That's when all my unpaid labor really comes in. But Chandler requires like in the way that Chandler's also our emotional support animal, she requires equal degrees of emotional support. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, bitch. So, um, Courtney, I would also say though, is like the peacemaker, like in Courtney wants to keep things, Courtney wants to keep things copacetic, keep things. I definitely have noticed that about you as time goes on. I think I've noticed that you will have like, there is an element of like wisdom and like an, an, an aim toward peace and just happiness, um, and letting things go that I think has been like really beautiful to witness and I think that's definitely part of your personality I'm just tired (laughs) like you can't have like you cannot be like fighting with your seven-year-old about like what dress she's gonna wear for dinner and and then you come downstairs and your four-year-old has like flipped his bowl of cereal like all over the ground and then like both of your twins are on either side of your body like asking to be held I just think you get real concise about what you want to like talk about or do and it's like like Wyatt and I like get into bed at the end of the day and it's just like we're both just like shaking from exhaustion okay someone wants to know like behind the scenes of influencing like like what really goes into it because we see beautiful stories and links and obviously gorgeous shots of you and collaborations what is that like 20 minutes a day it is okay I don't even know really how to phrase this or in a way that's interesting for people who aren't really familiar when I started this account, I had such a different kind of idea of what it was. I could spend 40 hours a week easily doing this. By the time I get through messages people have sent me, I probably get on some days as many as 200 messages a day. And I really like why it is even just like you can't answer DMs. You can't answer people's DMs. Like it's too much. But like I think the difference between me and maybe some other influencers is I just love actually talking to you guys about clothes. Like it's actually really fun for me to talk to you about these things because I'm not a person who started this account because I like wanted a small business. Like I think you guys know, like I'm actually just a person who's like, who is truly obsessed with clothing. I feel like you've always been a person who has like, this is you, like you're, you are so into clothing and so into like distinctive pieces and style and you've always been that way and in times that I've had many years where I've just kind of like not cared as much or just it hasn't taken piqued my interest as much like you have consistently always been like shopping has been your hobby and you're also honestly very naturally a very very persuasive salesperson I don't know if it's I don't think it's because you're a salesy person it's literally just because you're so passionate about like this piece is so gorgeous and you're just like you have to have it like you literally you must have this and so it is like the perfect job for you and it takes up a ton of time like you at least spend 40 hours a week on it don't you think no I mean not quite I could but I but I think Oh, it probably, I have to probably spend at least four solid hours a day, you know, which I never get a four hour chunk. So it ends up being like six hours here and there. Right. 
Um, I think when I started this account, I was like six months away from giving birth to twins. And I felt like there are people on Instagram who like contracted with Amazon and they're selling Amazon fashion and then they're selling you toothbrushes and then they're showing you like the art their kid brought home from school. And then there's like this like other side where they're like sitting front row at fashion week. Designers send them like all their pieces. And I just kind of felt like there was like there was a lack of people doing like the in between zone where it's like who are the people who aren't getting invited to the front row of the row fashion show but also really still care about clothes like and that's why I love to like go through H&M because I feel like because I go through every page of Net-A-Porter my Teresa like all of these different brands like when I go through H&M I'm like I know where that's from I know where that came from I know who inspired this piece I know where that came from and I feel like that's what I like love to share with people it's just this this idea that like I will go through these and find these really cool looks at these different prices and I feel like that's maybe like what I would describe as my talent Mm -hmm. and I think that you also just have an amazing eye like in the way that that I think pieces have to be obviously beautiful for me to be captivated by them Courtney will see something and realize like She's just like the type of person that can see something on a, on a hanger and know what it's going to look like on someone's body and like why it's going to look good and where I don't have that imagination. Like if I feel like if, if I pick something out and I send it to Courtney and I ask her what she thinks, probably 70% of the time she's like, eh, or if you really like it. But if I find something like recently, I feel like I found something that you approved of and you were like oh like upon further inspection you're like oh I think that's pretty cool like I literally felt like I was on top of the world um because you just you truly have such a good eye you are a tastemaker and yeah you just you just have a way to sift through all the noise when it comes to fashion that like I don't think anyone else that I know does should I talk about my jewelry a lot of people ask about the jewelry I'm just gonna give like a little teaser we're actually having all the pieces are like in the process of being made. We're shooting them on the 9th. And I think we're going to like have the website ready to go and launch after that. Everything's going to be hopefully delivered in time for Christmas. It's a very, very, very small collection, but we're actually recreating like down to the really unique and interesting clasp, the Chan chain, we're calling it the chain that Chandler inherited from my grandmother. It's like this like beautiful Boston link chain that has been impossible to find. I'm working with Jay Brooks and we finally found one factory in Italy to reproduce the chain like exactly the way it is. And it's like the most gorgeous chain. Like everywhere I go, I mean, I literally stole it off Chandler's neck. I've been borrowing it for a long time. So it'll be fun to like finally even have my own. I don't even own this chain. And so I'm excited to finally get one. Thanks, Chan, for letting me recreate it. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. But be, there's going to be like, we've made like my favorite piece is this diamond tennis necklace. And there's only, I think we only made four of them. Like there's just not very many uh, pieces from this collection, but it's all to die for. You guys have both seen it. What do you think? Yeah, it's absolutely spectacular. Um, I am, you know, looking into every single available credit line so I can max it all out because I want every single piece, especially the diamond, the tennis, everything that starts with tennis, the bracelet, the necklace, I want it. Um, I'm so excited about the chain and everything else. Um, That being said, if anyone wants to sublet my apartment so that I can have the cash flow to buy it, uh, that would be great. Looking to sublet, you know, potentially six months to a year. Um, and yeah, so that I can have, yeah, this line of credit. Anyways, we're super excited. It's going to be amazing. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast, guys. I feel like this got a little serious. We'll try to be more lighthearted and funny on the next one, but it was really like, things always do tend to get like very like heartfelt and sincere when we're together because we're all just 
so in love with each other truly thank you for coming on court because you coming on is a like supports us in the most major way so we truly appreciate it and love you so much all right um you guys if you love the pod please head up the patreon it's in the show notes we have a bonus episode every other week we also we also release extras on the Patreon. So we had five episodes last month on the Patreon that were bonus episodes. So you can unlock all that previous content and more. Um, a free way to support the pod is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And that really helps and goes a long way. Thanks, y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.